soccer fans. Welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 81. I'm your host, Sal Qatar, and I'm excited to talk to you guys today about the United States 4-0 win over Panama in their last World Cup qualifier. It was a nice night in Orlando, a very good crowd. They had a very good coordinated chance and just a vibrant atmosphere, and I love to see that at USMNT games. Going into this game, though, I was pretty nervous. I didn't know... Um, what to expect, really. We've seen up and down performances throughout this World Cup qualifying cycle. Um, but I knew what was on the line in this game. I knew that if we lost this game, and which, you know, it's not that common for us to lose at home, particularly to Panama, but I knew that if we lost this game, that we're going to have to play for that fourth interconfederation playoff spot, which is never a guarantee. We saw in our last playoff type, playoff type match that we lost to Mexico to try to qualify for the Confederations Cup. So, I knew that those aren't gimmies, those aren't guarantees, and I want this cycle to, I want this qualifying cycle to end now. And uh, it looks like we're in pretty good position to do that now, because we went in and got a 4-0 win, and if we win at Trinidad and Tobago now, we are through to the World Cup in Russia, and I'm very excited about that. But I gotta talk about this game, which is a very exciting game. Uh, I, going into this game about an hour and a half before, I saw uh, Bruce Arena released the lineup, and it was either a fourth, it was a four-three-one-two or a four-one-two-one-two, depending on how you want to look at it, depending on how you want to interpret it. Um, but the best part about that is that uh, there's that fourth one that you see in, in both formations, I guess, or I guess third one if you're calling it a four-three-one-two, because that means that our wonder kid number ten, Christian Pulisic, is sitting beneath the two strikers, which is where I wanted him to be for so long. He can. It's hard for him not to create in that position. Him out wide, he can, he can get a little bit away from the game. But him at that number ten position, he's going to make things happen. Um. So that was the formation. I liked it. And once I saw that, I was a little bit more confident about our chances. And uh, why don't I get right ahead into the goals of the game, and then I'll talk a little bit more generally about the game, what I liked, what I didn't like, just my general thoughts, and th- this, that's normally how I cover games, so if you're listening, you're probably used to that, but why don't I get right into it? So, in the eighth minute, Tim Howard has a very nice goal kick, which hits Bobby Wood, flicks on his header, uh, that falls to Josie Altidore, who just one-times it to Pulisic, it's a little bit behind Pulisic, but he d- brilliantly deals with it with his left foot to get it forward and keep on going with his momentum, and eventually he beats Jaime Pinedo, the Panamanian keeper, rounds him, and puts him in the back of the net as he falls over, and then celebrates. Uh, this is in the eighth minute, uh, so very early on in the game, set the tone nicely, Pulisic, just great composure, Great speed, great pace, great dribbling, great touches, great everything, great finish. Um, it was and it, it, it was a good goal. It was a very good goal. It was a very mature goal. You know, a lot of times you'll see young players kind of in those situations where you have an open net or where you're one-on-one with a keeper, you you mess it up. But Pulisic just, was, just dealt with it very well. And um, I like what I think it was. I, I think it was Casey Keller who said this. Uh, post game, he said, "Like you just knew he was going to score it. You just knew that he's the type of kid that's going to put those chances away." And I knew it, and I was very excited. And Pulisic was very excited based on a celebration. You know, I was actually talking to my brother about this. Um, he said, "Like Pulisic needs to learn how to celebrate." And yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Like Pulisic, I'll agree with part of that. Like Pulisic celebrations are very like uncoordinated and just look kind of silly. But I kind of like that because you just know it's pure passion coming from Christian Pulisic, and it's just pure excitement, and he's just happy to be there. And um, I love it. I love it. And he also celebrated his next 
not goal, but his next assist, which I will get to right now. In the 19th minute, Nagby played a long ball up to Pulisic, um, up the field, and Pulisic just is one-on-one with the defender, beats him one-on-one, gets down to his left foot, his weak foot, and crosses it to Altidore perfectly. And Altidore just has a very easy chance, and he slots it home. Um, really just on a golden platter for Altidore. So great assist, great footwork by Pulisic, and uh, Altidore in the right spot, right time. Puts it away, and uh, 2-0, 19 minutes gone. Things are looking pretty good. The U.S. looks a little bit more confident. The stadium's roaring. Um, I... I was really excited, and rightfully so. Uh, we kind of had more good chances for the rest of the half, which I'll talk about a little bit more later. But in the 41th, 40, 40, I was about to say 41th, in the 41st minute, uh, Bobby Wood makes a good run and draws a penalty. It's kind of arguable whether you want to call this a penalty. I do think he was being fouled before he actually went down, but it's arguable that that foul started like outside of the box as he was going in. So very tough, but in the 43rd minute, Alzador... With a very finishes it with a very cheeky panenka. Um, it was really cool to see, but also uh, you know those can be risky. I, I hope he doesn't try something like that in the World Cup. Let's just put it that way. Um, so in the second half, uh, we um, we scored only one goal, but that was kind of you know to be expected. The game's going to slow down a little bit in the second half. We're going to try to possess a little more. We're going to try to just hold back and defend. Um, but I did think we did a good job of, like, keeping the press on a little bit at certain points about the second half. But anyways, in the 64th minute, Ariola had a really good run and layoff in a, in, a, in a tight window, and Wood just makes a good turn and just has a composed finish. And, um, it's also worth noting that Bobby Wood was the one that got the ball out wide to Ariola, so he got his own cocky assist there. So, um, yeah, uh, those were the, um goals and I will say that outside of those goals there were a little bit of defensive lapses I remember early on Gonzalez got beat by Gabriel Torres but there was that was just good dribbling by Gabriel Torres and you're going to concede a couple chances to him he's pretty explosive in the final third there and um but overall I I think that we played pretty well I thought that Pulisic actually besides just his goal and assist in the first half did pretty well it was once Panama started beating him up a little bit started uh, going in for rough challenges that he started to get a little bit, um, you know, worse. I think that in the second half, yeah, in the second half in the 48th minute, he got subbed off for just a second uh, and then ran back on and then got subbed off eight minutes later. If I were Bruce Arena, I would have subbed him off, like, right when he came off because I just don't think it's worth risking it, especially when we have a game against Trinidad and Tobago on Tuesday. But, um, yeah, Pulisic made some really, really good moves, uh, drew a lot of fouls, obviously, but and some of them were, like, drawn well, and some of them were just, like, malicious from the Panamanians, but, um, great things to say about him. I thought Bobby Wood did really well to boost some attacks, make some great runs, some great flick-ons. Um, there was a chance where Pulisic, uh, like, overlapped, uh, Christian Pulisic, and Pulisic just kind of took it for himself selfishly and took a shot that went out for a corner. I think that he, uh, Pulisic should have laid it off to Bobby Wood there, um, but I just really liked what I saw from Bobby Wood. Very energetic, very, very good uh, play by him. And I think he, he he played the whole 90 minutes, yeah. So very good 90 minutes by Bobby Wood. Josie Altidore, um, good good for most of the game. He had two goals, one of them a penalty. Um, I would say that Bobby Wood kind of edged him in terms of who is kind of producing more on the field for most of the game. But 
Either way, I'm liking that they're coordinating, but you can just tell that that special piece that links that whole trident together is Pulisic. So, um, yeah. And then in the, and I think that Pulisic allowed Bradley to just really sit back and do what he not necessarily does best, but what he what he's very good at, which is um, kind of dropping back in between the center backs when he needs to, winning the loose balls, getting some interceptions, and starting the attacks. Um, in the past, we've had we, we've seen Bradley in positions where he's a bit too high, um, has to do a little bit too much. But I think that Pulisic a lot, gave a little bit less pressure off Bradley and really the whole midfield because I think that Nagby was able to preserve himself. We didn't really need to rely on his electrifying runs as much, and he had a good mix of staying out wide and kind of coming in to help Michael Bradley. And Paul Ariola, um, I know I've been critical of him on the podcast before, but I think that if he, you know, if we have this kind of chemistry up top and all this talent that we have on the pitch at once, I think that Paul Ariola can play a good role. I just think that in games where we we need a little like explosiveness from those from those wide players, um, Ariola doesn't necessarily cut it. Like he he his delivery isn't good enough for um, if defenders are specifically uh, marking the wingers with a lot of pressure because like he, he just doesn't have that kind of delivery to like even get past um some of the first people marking him but but if our center pieces our center attacking mid and our strikers or center forwards are posing that much of a threat then there's a little bit less pressure from the defense onto our wingers and we saw what Paul Ariola can do in those kind of situations getting the assist on that second goal so good work from Paul Ariola sorry for whatever I said before <laughs> um and in the back, I thought there were there were a couple of mistakes by Matt Beasler and Omar Gonzalez, but that's to be expected. Um, it was good to see DeAndre Yedlin back. Now, that's probably something I should have talked about at the beginning. Yedlin is a very good player. Very, very fast. He's gotten way smarter playing that fullback position than he used to be. Um, just works hard, and he he made some good surging runs forward, actually. And I think one time he, like, got central. He, like, made a huge run and then got centrally uh, in the 65th minute. And it was just it's just great to see um, our fullbacks getting involved, but also doing their job in the defensive third as well. So, um, yeah, so I thought DeAndre Edlin did a great job. Um, good to see that he's healthy now. He's um, back on track, and Jorge Viafania probably you know one of the one of the players that I just didn't wasn't impressed with. I, he, I thought he got exposed on a couple occasions, and I I just don't know if his defensive play was was up to snuff. And I, and I don't think it usually is. I don't. I think he's he's a left back that's mostly attacking focused, but I'm. I think I'm nitpicking a little bit because it was a good performance overall. Um, I guess I can quickly talk about the substitutes as well. So Dax McCarty, um, he made his World Cup qualifying debut, and uh, he did pretty well. Um, I think that he did well to not only hold down the game a little bit, hold down the midfield in the second half, but also create a couple chances. There were a couple through balls that he played that were very nice, and... um, Really, really did well, and I, that was a great substitution him for Pulisic in the early part of the second half. Uh, Clint Dempsey, the crowd was chanting, uh, "We want Dempsey" or something like that, and that was really cool to see, just because um, 
the crowd just getting so involved. We've seen some, like, kind of subpar crowds throughout this World Cup qualifying cycle, and it was really nice to see uh, the crowd ask for Dempsey, um, and he didn't manage to score. He didn't manage to beat Landon Donovan, uh, for the record, for most goals for the USMNT. By the way, we interviewed Landon Donovan on this podcast. It's episode number 60, if you want to check it out. <laughs> Back on track, though. <laughs> um, yeah, he didn't get to break the record, but he was involved in a couple of chances going forward. Um, he, he was he was pretty good. I mean, like I think that in games where we do need an extra attacking threat, uh, in the last 20 minutes or so, he'll provide, he'll provide some, um, some good, good play because there are, there are times that we've seen in the past where through 90 minutes, he just gets lazy. And I know he's just a lazy player to begin with, but he gets especially lazy at certain points near the end of the game. And I think with this, he'll, he will work a little harder. Um, he won't get gassed. And, uh, it's a role that I think he's comfortable with. He's, he said he's comfortable with. And, um, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm happy that he's producing. And, um, Alejandro Bedoya, I honestly didn't see much from him. Um, he didn't do anything wrong, but I just didn't see too much to like to to praise him for. Um, Bedoya is still a player that I think is pretty talented. Um, obviously, capable of playing in the central midfield uh, in a number ten role. Although we don't normally see him there for the U.S. and out wide, so um, I think he's a good utility player, uh, a player that's definitely going to be called for, called up for the World Cup, I think, and. Uh, you know, I mean, we all we all hope that there isn't an injury or something like that, but um, I, I think he could fill in decently for an injured player. But at the same time, I really do think we've got something going here. And I really want to see a similar lineup um, come against Trinidad and Tobago because we saw this, we saw us play some good soccer um, besides some lapses defensively between Omar Gonzalez and Jorge Villafania. Um you know, at least Tim Howard did well, decently, to deal with those efforts. And I think that um, come Trinidad and Tobago, let, let's get an identity here. Let's get a starting lineup going. Let's let, let's get another 3-0 win and get some confidence going into this team, get some confidence that we can compete in this World Cup. Maybe we can go farther than a round of 16. Maybe we can uh, lock up kind of a round of 16 uh, result, finish if we have an easy group. So... I mean, yeah, I, I think that we can take the next step if Bruce Arena really doesn't change up that much, really keeps the same lineup. I don't have any any substitutions that, that I want to make if, I, if I'm Bruce Arena right now. I don't, even though, you know, like Jorge Villafanas, I didn't think had the best game. Like, I don't want to start DeMarcus Beasley. I just want to keep everything the same, keep that identity, keep going forward, and, um, uh, yeah, every, I, I mean, and especially, like, a, an important player like Pulisic, who um, only played a little over the half, he should be coming back for this next game. Um, he he shouldn't be too too tired, or I know he, he took some hits, but, I mean, he, he didn't look bad after he came he came back on. We were just worried about, like, his, his, his uh, health. Not his health, but his safety, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think for Bruce Arena, uh, you definitely have to go with a similar lineup uh, if if you want to for sure try to get three points against Trinidad and Tobago on Tuesday. But yeah, I think overall it was a good performance from the USMNT. Um, definitely some things we can work on. Um, but I just really think that the key is putting Christian Pulisic at number 10. Um, obviously, you know, 
for Borussia Dortmund, he's going to play in different positions. They have creativity, more creativity all around. But here, I think that there's no player that we have like Christian Pulisic that we can put at that number 10 position and help link the midfield and the attack um, like he can. And I think that he is just a very special player that I think we should take full advantage of for as long as he's on the team. And I think we can start now because he's already an elite player. He's already, a, you know, a very, very established, mature, composed player who's, I think, probably a top five player in CONCACAF. Um, and I think that it's not crazy to say that right now he's not far off from what Landon Donovan was in his prime. Um, at a national team level, I mean, you know, it's hard to argue with what Donovan did over the course of his career. But looking at talent, looking at, you know, just the eye test, no discredit to Landon Donovan, obviously. Landon Donovan, I think, was one of the most electric, probably the most electrifying player I've ever seen in the US 7 t shirt. Maybe bar Christian Pulisic. And it's crazy because Pulisic's only 18. This isn't a US men's national team thing. This is just a young talent thing in terms of all of European soccer. Like, you're looking at a player who is, in my book, has a top 10, is a top 10 prospect right now. Um, and I don't think we should put him to waste at outside midfield. I mean, not that he won't do anything at outside midfield and won't create, but like I said, he just won't have the same impact. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited. I, I thought that lineup was, was very good. Um, I think everyone just got a little bit less emphasis, and Pulisic just got a little more emphasis on what his task was, and it just turned out to be a good game. And I'm really excited about that. Um, I think that, honestly, Michael Bradley, maybe, even though I know his role was a little bit different, I thought he could have done a little bit more going forward. Um, I know, like, on paper, his role is either a defensive midfielder or a stopper or really whatever you want to call that position. Um, but I think that he can get a little bit involved more, especially in games like these. Um, but you know, of course, play it by situation. Um, I think he's been a good, he's been a good, it looks like he's been a good vocal leader and captain, um, you know, ever since the Clint Dempsey got revoked from his, uh, captain status and yeah, uh, happy with him. Um, I, 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 my brother told me, I think yesterday that like, you know, maybe Bradley won't be starting by by 2018. And I think that, you know, there are really exciting players coming up right now. Uh, Weston McKinney, a couple others that you could argue, you know, are rising and playing at a higher level. But I think Bradley just has his chemistry with the whole team. Everyone looks up to him. And he's also just so versatile in what he can do. And situationally, even though I'd like, you know, even though I'd like to see him start in a position like this most games, I think that he can do other things mid-game. Bruce Arena can can switch it up if we need to attack a little more, and we can rely on Bradley to do something a little bit different. Uh just for part of a game. Because like you know, I've talked about the benefits of having him as uh you know, a defensive midfielder. Which, which I do think, you know, is his best position. I mean, there are positions. I mean, there are games where he's taken over at center mid, and he's not going to take over in the position that he played today, but or yesterday. Um, but 
I don't think that with the talent we have, like Nagby and Pulisic, we need him to take over games anymore. And I think it's more of a liability if he tries to do that in every game. So I think this is the best position um, that he can that he can play. And uh, yeah, I think that he is an important piece of the national team, and he should be at the 2018 World Cup. And I think he should be starting, um, e- even if other players show a little bit more technical ability and are playing at a little bit of a higher level. I think that Bradley is important to the identity of this national team, at least for right now. So that's my response to Nihal. (laughs) Speaking of Nihal, he should be on the podcast soon. Um, Columbus cruise season uh, has been extended a little bit because they made the playoffs, but it can't be too much longer, and I don't see them... uh, uh, competing for like the last few rounds of this playoff of of uh, this playoffs, like I don't think they'll make the final, but um, we'll see. Um, definitely a team that's been very exciting: Kakuna Mane, Justin Miram, uh, really good players, and um, of course you always have Iguain, that's kind of the leader. Uh, you can always rely on him to be pretty consistent. But uh, yeah, they're a good team, and I'm happy that my brother's working with them. <laughs> Uh, but he should be back on soon, and we should be able to have a little bit more lengthy discussions, um, a little bit, uh, a little bit more interesting conversations, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited to have him back on soon. Um, but other than that, um, I will have a recap of the Trinidad and Tobago game. Um, I uh, apologize for the lack of content uh, recently. At this point, I think it is kind of like. I will be more motivated and, like, we'll be mutually more motivated for both on the podcast. And um, I'm not going to promise anything after this qualifier. I will try to uh, post videos, or not videos, podcasts over the weekend um, pertaining to the club season. Because I, I am I am keeping track of soccer. I'm, I'm watching a lot of soccer. But um, in terms of the podcast and planning it out and recording it, I just haven't gotten around to it with college apps and you know, senior first semester senior year is just just it's a little bit tough. So, um, but I think that regardless of that, after the crew season ends, I'll be motivated, and Yahal and I will be posting content consistently. Uh, until then, though, um, we'll, we'll, I'll do the best I can do. I'm not missing a U.S. game ever. I will always be covering a U.S. MNT game because I know that's what a lot of uh, the listeners want, and also you know, just uh, Nihal and I have spent a lot of time studying the team, following the team, and it's it's kind of what we're best at in covering. So uh, we have an email for this podcast, soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter and an Instagram. Those handles are both at soccerbrotherspod. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play, Podkicker, iTunes. Catch us all there um, and review and rate us. Give us some support. Ask us some questions on our email. We always love feedback. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, And I will see you guys next time on episode 82 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast. Thank you so much.